Happy 2022, everyone. I wanted to say thank you for all of my listeners out there. It means so much to me that you would give me your time and attention on a weekly basis. And in this episode, I wanted to take some time to share some really raw, open, and honest personal testimonies of how God's been faithful and good to me this past year. 2020 was a crazy year full of personal trials and I am so happy to say that I am in a much healthier place now than I was a year ago. Last year, I released an episode titled, What to Do If You're Depressed and You're a Christian, and thank God I am on the other side of that today. So for those of you who are in a tough season, please cling on. God is good and he will never ever fail you. I know it might feel like the world is crashing down and that nothing makes sense and you might even feel like God has abandoned you, but he is right there. He is speaking to you, but you might not be able to hear it because of everything that's happening in your life. But I want to encourage you with some stories of how God's delivered me from my various trials these past two years, and I hope that these stories spur you on in your fight of faith. I'll also then close out with some practical steps that's helped me cling on to God during my trials. And without further ado, let's get started! So at the beginning of COVID, March to August of 2020, really during the lockdown, I was living in a state of anxiety. I was super paranoid about catching the virus and giving it to my grandparents and my mom. I would hand sanitize everything all the time, wipe down my keys and phone after I got back from anywhere. And although those are good practices to some degree, I look back now and I can see that I was living in fear. I thought that the well-being of my family was in my hands and that one bad mistake could put them in the hospital. So for the first two months, I didn't really go out except to go grocery shopping. And I didn't see my family until June of that year. And so even when I did, I would sanitize everything I touched in their house afterwards and I always wore a mask. At the same time, the killing of George Floyd happened and there was a lot of Asian hate going around because of the coronavirus. And in our household, we had very different opinions on mask wearing, racism, and political parties even though we were all Christians. And it was painful to see my fellow Asians and Asian Americans get harassed and attacked for a virus they didn't invent. And it was also painful to see the amount of hate and bigotry people had against black and Asian people. I was struggling with letting go of controlling my roommates to have the same viewpoint as me when it came to wearing masks. I also struggled with the feeling of hopelessness when it came to black people dying at the hands of police brutality. It felt like there was nothing that I could do to help them in the long run. And at church, I was involved in a small group that I really didn't want to be a part of. I felt like I was a burning log in a group of rocks when it came to my faith. It just didn't feel like people cared to be there. It was like they were checking off the list of things they had to do to be a Christian. After small group ended, everyone would just go home. There was always small talk, but it never got deeper beyond that in our small group discussions. And I would reach out to connect with the girls and hang out, but they would never initiate things with me. And it really did feel like they wouldn't care if I left. And before this small group, I was in another small group where people were open and honest and vulnerable with each other. And I saw my faith grow so much. 
but it was the opposite in the small group. And the most frustrating part was when I asked God if I could leave, he kept saying wait. And I had been a part of that small group for almost two years by then. And then when it came to my career, everything was stagnant. I am a freelance photographer and actor, and business was really, really slow. I was making less than $500 a month, and I felt super unworthy because I didn't, I couldn't, you know, make a living for myself. And I knew intellectually that I could grow my business, but I didn't believe it in my heart that I could. So it was this constant battle of, of wishing that I could be here at, at this amount of time and like making this amount of money and then not being able to get there. I wasn't getting auditions for my agent and since the film industry was hit really hard by COVID, there weren't really even any jobs until after the vaccine. So honestly, I felt like a failure because I wasn't a self-made entrepreneur even though I took the risks to do photography and acting full-time. The unstable income made me anxious and I just wanted something stable or at least something where I could feel proud of myself for doing and kind of not have to explain to my friends like, oh, like businesses is really slow this year. In the spring of 2020, I also felt like I was ready to be in a romantic relationship, as a lot of people are, and up until then, I had been single, and I'm at the age where literally all of my friends around me are getting engaged and married, and God told me that he was preparing me to be a wife in the time that I spent living in this community house with four other girls, but the whole year passed, and I didn't go on any dates or find my boyfriend. Then in October of 2020, God told me, I am preparing someone for you and that he wants someone who loves me just as God loves me and no good thing will he withhold from me. And because I was also struggling with loneliness, I was desperate to find my significant other and hopefully be married to them so that they could never leave me. And time after time, there would literally be guys popping up into my life that would teach me a lesson about dating. Guy friends that I met while studying abroad, guy friends from college who lived in a different state, guy friends from mutual friends. It felt like each couple of months during 2020 and 2021, I would have these encounters with guys that God would use to teach me something. I actually had a crush on a guy at church and I was convinced that we were going to be together after God had worked on each of us individually. And in the back of my mind, I was hoping that, you know, by October or, or like the fall that we would end up together. And that fantasy came to a screeching halt when he showed up to church with his girlfriend. Then in October of 2020, my uncle got diagnosed with stage 2 colorectal cancer. And when I first visited, he had lost a lot of weight and color in his face. He seemed tired and not interested in conversation. My biological dad passed away when I was two due to liver cancer. And growing up, my uncle was the closest person I had to a father figure. So when I found out, I was devastated. The doctors had told us the tumor was really big and the cancer was close to being in stage 3. It was such unexpected news because he was still in his mid-50s and healthy otherwise, and I didn't know what to do except pray for him. I was also worried that the chemotherapy would be really hard on his body and I was worried about all the negative side effects of the chemical treatment. And for the first few days after I found out, I was tossing and turning in my sleep because of anxiety. 
And I was so anxious and nervous because cancer is one of those things that you have no control over. And I didn't know what was going to be at the end of the journey. And during that same weekend that I found out, one of my roommates also got engaged and it hit me really hard because she was the closest friend I had at the house I was living in. And because at that time, I found my value in being a good friend to other people, I was heartbroken to learn that she would be leaving me soon to live with her husband. And when she didn't ask me to be one of her bridesmaids, I was really disappointed and I started reflecting on our friendship and what it meant to her. My head would be filled with thoughts of, she doesn't care about you, she wouldn't even notice you if you weren't even at our wedding. I felt used, underappreciated, and lonely. I thought about why I was constantly pouring into our relationship, asking how she was, doing things for her, making plans for us, but why it was not reciprocated for me. I had helped her plan her engagement surprise party, but at the end of the day, there wasn't even a discussion between us about me being in her bridal party. And that incident really made me spiral into thinking about who my actual close friends were and if they thought of me as their close friend. And why was it that so often I would always pour into other people, but they wouldn't even think twice about me? So then that made me feel like there was something wrong with me, that I didn't deserve love. And it was a really dark time because I didn't feel like I had friends to talk to about what was going on with my uncle. And I really felt like I didn't have a support system. Then in November of 2020, especially with the lack of sun in the winter months in Seattle, my depression came back after everything else that had been happening. I would have so many negative thoughts in my head and I didn't feel motivated to do anything. The things that I enjoyed, I no longer enjoyed. I felt miserable and it had been four years since I struggled with my depression back in college so I was surprised that it came back but I felt hopeless and I didn't have the energy to do much. So all of these stories probably don't sound very encouraging, but it does get better. I wanted to share how dark of a place I was in. It felt like nothing was going according to plan and it was just a really, really hard winter for me. And some of you guys might be able to relate and I hope that what I share next will really encourage you in your faith journey. So in December of 2020, a friend of mine met up with me to talk about how I was feeling stuck in small group and she prayed with me to reach out to God and ask for help because at that point I needed divine intervention to help me. Lo and behold, an hour later we both walked into church for Christmas Eve service and I saw my old small group leaders who had moved to North Carolina on a church plant. I hadn't seen them in over a year. When I went up to Aaron to say hi, he asked me how I was doing and I started bawling. There were so many unexpected tears that just fell from my eyes and I couldn't stop. It was so bad that I couldn't see him because things were so blurry and I couldn't even respond to his question. And in that moment, 
I realized how much I had missed genuine community and people who loved me in my small group. And I realized that the small group I was in was not how small groups should be. And I don't say this to condemn them or say that I was perfect because God did have a reason for everyone to be in that season, in that small group during that time. But it was just reassuring to me when I saw Aaron because God assured me that the things I was looking for in a small group authenticity, vulnerability, and a desire to grow closer to Jesus were the things that he wanted for me as well. And it wasn't that I had too high of expectations for my small group. And then in January of 2021, a friend was praying for me and she said, you have endured through the night. You're almost done. The dawn is breaking. And it actually felt like that as she was praying over me. And suddenly in February of 2021, I get a call from a mental health therapist that was always booked. I had called her in December and it went straight to voicemail, but she called me and asked if I wanted to schedule weekly meetings with her because she had spots open. And I wasn't really sure anymore, but I just said yes. And I've been going to her every single week for the past year, and she's been amazing. She's Christian and also very spirit-led. And the type of counseling she does helps me better be in tune with my body, mind, and spirit by inviting the Holy Spirit to come and reveal things to me. I've worked through so much trauma and unlearned so many lies that the devil has planted in my heart through my sessions with her. I've learned to have better boundaries for my friendships, and I realized the level that I cared about my friendships with my roommates was not healthy, and I misplaced my heart into the hands of man and not God. So when I was feeling really lonely about Stephanie and my lack of friends, like real friends in the house, I got hurt because of my lack of boundaries and self-worth. Her calling me and being able to set up counseling sessions was so needed because the state of my depression at that time was just really bad. And then throughout all of 2020, God taught me that I had no control over people's decisions and opinions and that I shouldn't let the devil divide my friendships with the people in our house because we should be striving for the unity of the spirit. God revealed to me my pride in thinking people were dumb for not believing in masks or voting for Trump. He convicted me of judging my fellow sisters and brothers in Christ. He helped me see my apathy towards helping those who didn't have a voice. Specifically, James 1, 22-27 really hit my heart. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless." Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. 
And he helped me battle helplessness regarding Asian hate and police brutality by giving me very specific things to do to help those who are suffering. Things like making a discussion group for my Asian friends to talk about their feelings during this time and watching documentaries to understand the politics around police brutality, the prison complex, model minority, and also just giving financially to organizations that advocated for the rights of underrepresented people. And although there was so much social unrest during this time, God gave me rest by telling me the things that he wanted me to do and then giving me faith to do those things because I also realized at the end of the day, I can't save the world, I can't stop police brutality, I can't, um, I can't do justice because justice belongs to God and not to me. But that's not to say that I'm not learning more about how we can help others, but it's also just being in tune with the Holy Spirit and asking him, okay, like, what is the next thing that you want me to do? Like, what is within my limits and within my abilities and talents? And how do you want me to use my specific abilities and talents to help those around me? And really just giving it all up to God. Then in March, I went up to get prayer after church was over and someone prayed for me. It felt like everything she was praying for were things God had told me before. Things like he's leading the way, he's been where I've been before. And literally every single thing that she prayed just hit my heart and I felt like she knew what I was going through in my small group. Looking back, God revealed to me that I only gave and loved my small group expecting to be loved back. And that is not true love because love in the Bible does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Yet that's how I felt towards my small group members. I thought if I reached out to them and shared my heart with them, then they should do the same with me. And that's not it at all. I had to put down my pride in thinking that I did so much to grow my faith when Jesus was the perfecter of my faith, not me. It was a season of waiting and being patient with myself and others around me, regardless of where I thought their faith was. And after praying, I asked God again about switching small groups and he said stay until March. And by April, I really did feel a release to check out other small groups. I went to one where the discussion made me feel super uncomfortable because people were being vulnerable and honest and I could tell they wanted to grow closer to God. And after praying, it felt like it was the right group for me. I even had the thought of, I can't wait to be taught by him when I was talking to the small group leader. And I'm so happy and thankful to say that I love the people in my small group right now and it feels like they love me as well. And I want to share with you guys a snippet from my journal dating back to April of 2021. And this is what I wrote. I just feel so, so, so much joy and freedom going to small group tonight. I was looking forward to it all weekend. I just feel so, 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 so free. And I haven't felt this way in such a long time. And then there are three exclamation marks at the very end. Needless to say, I just feel so much at home with my small group and I love them. Then 
In that same month, I went to my old high school where there are rows of cherry blossoms blooming on either side of the street. I remember I sat underneath the trees and I went there to read my Bible every single day for like the two weeks that it bloomed. One day when the blossoms were blooming at their fullest, a lady came up to me with her toddler daughter and said, the trees here didn't bloom the same time as the trees at the University of Washington. They bloomed at their own time and it was perfect. And isn't it crazy that the blossoms all come at once? And it's interesting that the flowers bloom even before the leaves. It's actually the first thing that blooms after winter. There's a lot of work being done in the winter, but it's absolutely necessary. And as she said these words, it felt like I was the cherry blossoms. I bloomed in my own time, but I was not late, and I was just as beautiful. And all of my blooming would come right after another. And just like how trees have to go through winter, I also had to go through my own dark, cold period where everything seemed dead on the outside, but really so much life was happening on the inside. The cherry blossoms weren't in a hurry to bloom, and God wasn't in a hurry to grow me. And I kid you not, but I think God sent her to speak to me that day. I was so blown away when I heard her say those words because it just, it hit my heart. And I don't know if you've ever felt those experiences before, but it's like when someone speaks to you and it just hits, you're like, wow, like this has to be God. I can't even express how shocked I was that all of those words resonated with me, but yeah, I felt like God really just sent her to talk to me. And I don't think she was Christian. I think God just used her to talk to me during that time. And looking back, it's crazy that I happened to be there the same time that she happened to be walking with her daughter. And she happened to stop by and talk to me. Like all of the things that had to have happened for that message to get across, like I'm just like, man, God, like you are in control of everything. And then that second week in April, I actually booked this commercial shoot for a labor union called SEIU 6. And walking on set, I had no idea what I was supposed to do and I had no idea how much it paid. I was just happy I booked something because this was my first booking in seven months. The shoot days were super easy in that I did very little acting. On two of the days, I worked for like three hours and it was mostly waiting in my green room. And then they paid for my meals every day even when I worked three hours. My lines were yes please and no thank you and I found out later that the shoot paid $1,200 for a full day and $500 for half days. Guys, I think I only worked like 24 hours that week but got paid $4,000 for it. I literally got paid to sit around and do close to nothing and I didn't even audition for the shoot. The client just saw my headshot and picked me. And it just reminded me of God's grace and that I didn't do anything to deserve his favor. He just picked me out of his own loving kindness before I did anything. And this was honestly once in a lifetime kind of thing. But I'm just blown away by how much God gives. And I'm like, God, why am I so blessed? I genuinely don't understand. But that's just how good and rich God is. And even if I didn't get paid that much, like God was still so gracious in giving me a job and like, you know, after a full year of not working and acting. So yeah, I just realized that and it was amazing. 
And then later that month, like in the same month of April, one of my roommate's boyfriends had a job opening at the nonprofit he was working at. So I submitted an application and I did a few interview rounds. I didn't really think too much of it because I didn't have any experience working in the nonprofit sector, but they saw qualities in me that they thought were an asset to the team. And it just felt like all the answers that I gave them during the interview were things that God put on my lips and it really resonated with them. And by the grace of God, I got the job. It was 30 hours a week, so I could still do acting and photography and it gave me a steady paycheck, which was something I had been longing for for the last year and a half. Now, fast forward to June, my uncle finished his chemotherapy and he underwent surgery to cut off the cancer and to this day, he is cancer free. He's gained back all of the weight that he's lost and he seems to be a lot happier. I was able to go visit his house and pray for him and my aunt at one point even asked me to pray for them even though she wasn't a believer. And up until the surgery, I was able to hang out with him and go to different hikes with him and just spend quality time with him. And his chemotherapy also had been going really smoothly. He didn't really have any negative side effects except for fatigue, and he didn't lose any of his hair. Really, God's hand was all over his recovery, and he was faithful to answer my prayers for him and the prayers of my small group. I honestly, like God didn't have to heal him, but he did. And I'm really hoping that my uncle will see this as as an opportunity to grow his relationship closer to God and just see that he's so faithful to him. And then kind of up until June, um, I had three different people come up to me and tell me to check back in with another talent agency for acting. And this talent agent was a Christian lady who I had wanted to sign with two and a half years ago, but I decided to go with someone else uh, to my detriment and against God's will or against what God was telling me. Now, 2.5 years later, I was getting confirmation after confirmation that I should reach out to her again. So I did. And within a week, I signed with her as my agent and she's gotten me like four to five times as many auditions and callbacks as my previous agent ever did. And during the summer months, I actually was super busy because I was working on the nonprofit and I would have clients kind of come out of the woodworks to ask me to take photos for them. And so I was working like pretty much 40 hours every single week during the summer. And it was a complete change from what I was doing in 2020. And it just really made me appreciate that God gave me so much time during 2020 to spend with him. Because when I was working 40 hours a week, I was so tired that I didn't even have time to spend time with God. So then fast forward to September 2021, I was photographing a wedding reception for an older couple who I met two years ago. The dad's son, Zach, happened to be manning a photo booth station there, and we chatted a little bit, and we found out that we had the same acting agent. Initially, I thought he was really cute, and I wanted to talk to him more, but I finished my job and didn't really think too much of it. 
So then I left for California for two weeks. And when I came back, I kid you not, the moment I landed, I got a message from my agent saying I should audition for a job. And by the end of the day, I got an email saying that Zach and I both booked the job and had time slots that were one right after the other. So we ended up seeing each other for like five minutes the next week and chatted a little bit. Then a month later, we ended up booking another acting job together where we spent 14 hours together. We carpooled there and we just chatted the whole entire time and got to know one another. And then the next week, we booked another job and this time for photography. And we also talked for like a good four or five hours that night. And then right after that, we ended up working on another audition together. And by then we had gotten to know each other and shared that we were both interested. Um, so we prayed about it and I got three different visions that confirmed that we were supposed to start dating. And Zach said God had told him his wife was going to be Asian and that he was going to meet her in the entertainment industry. And then we started dating in November of 2021. It's funny because by that time, I actually wasn't looking to date anyone anymore. I was happy with my relationship with God, and I didn't even feel ready to date Zach. But God said I was ready, and so that was that. And I'm also realizing that having a significant other is not the solution for my loneliness. Only God can fill that hole in my heart, and no matter where I seek love from, I will always feel lonely unless it's love from God. Guys, it's crazy. Literally all of my circumstances have changed one right after the other, just like how the lady said all the cherry blossoms bloomed all at once, but most importantly, I can feel that I am stronger in my faith. And although circumstances didn't change for a full year, God changed my heart during that time and then out of his abundant goodness delivered me out of my trials. I look back at my journal and the only thing I was consistent in doing was reading my Bible and going to God because honestly, I had nowhere else to go. My friends weren't there, my family wasn't there, I didn't have much of a career, and I had reached rock bottom again. And the vision that I got for this season in my life was that I was holding on to Jesus in the middle of a storm. The wind and water was buffeting me from all sides. I couldn't see what was behind or in front of me. I probably swallowed water and choked and even sunk to hold on to Jesus' feet, but not once did I sink and drown. Although 2020 was a really hard year, there would be little pieces of encouragement and hope that Jesus would send my way. Whether it was a certain passage or a certain sermon or even just friends that came and encouraged me, like Jesus was there all along. And another analogy that I have for you guys for the season of my life is kind of like a plant. You actually have to shake them because otherwise their roots cannot grow stronger. And it's super hectic when you shake a baby tree plant, right? Like the dirt gets loose, some of the leaves fall out, things are super messy. But in order for it to grow into a strong and big tree, it needs to have its roots sunken into the ground and that's literally what I felt like God was doing in 2020 and 2021 like I was growing my roots and really just standing firm in 
my foundation, which is Christ. And in James 1, 2-4, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And when I read that after the beginning of this year, it really did feel like, like, it, there is a certain kind of joy when I met my trials because now my faith has grown so much stronger. Like I can tell you that I physically feel like my faith is more grounded in Christ, that it's sturdy because I've gone through these trials. And of course, there were moments, days, and weeks where I didn't read my Bible and felt far from God. But even then, God has always brought me back to him and made my path straight. And with the stronger foundation, it really does give me hope for future trials because I know that Jesus has delivered me from my previous trials and and that he will continue to do the same until he comes back for me. And before I end this podcast, I want to encourage you guys with the Bible. 2 Timothy 2-13 writes, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Here, Paul is writing to Timothy and speaking to those who are already believers. When life throws trials at you, it's really easy to ask, oh, where's God? Like, I feel like he's not here and I don't have any faith. And I don't think we should condemn ourselves for not having maximum faith all the time. But even when we aren't full of faith and we don't believe in God's promises to us, That doesn't stop him from keeping his promises and giving us favor and blessing us. He's not a petty God that withholds from us just because we don't believe in him during certain moments or periods in our lives. And it's comforting because even if I don't read my Bible for a week straight or I feel super far from God, that doesn't mean he is. He is still going to deliver me from my troubles because... He is a man of his word and he keeps his promises no matter what I do or what I fail to do. And practically, the two things I would encourage you to do when you're feeling like you're at rock bottom is cry out to God and spend time with him every single day. Give all your frustrations to God and ask him to comfort you and to give you a divine intervention. When our hearts cry out to him, it is irresistible to him. And you can be real and honest with your feelings. You can swear, you can do whatever it is that you want and just talk to him. Like he's heard it all, he's seen it all, and he still loves you even if you do all of those things, even if it's quote unquote unchristian. Like he is still the God of the universe and he loves you. Number two is read your Bible day after day. Fight to spend time with him. The devil knows he doesn't have power over you, so he tries to fill your mind with lies and discouragement. Whenever you hear something that's discouraging, write it down and check in with the Bible to see what it says on that specific topic. Because if a thought isn't encouraging, uplifting, and sanctifying, it's not from God. Alright everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to my stories. Everything that I shared was open and real and I really hope it encourages you to get through whatever season you're going through. And if you found this podcast to be helpful, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help spread the podcast to more listeners like you. Alright guys, see you next week.